morning, everybody, and welcome to the now 15th episode of the Los Chingones Baseball Club podcast, presented to you by MLB Trash Talkers and Stadium Beer Bros. We've got another fun one for you guys. Last week, we got the news that baseball's back, so we're going to get into a little bit of discussion with some of the news that's happened uh, this week uh, as we wait for the MLB schedule to come out. But first, before we do that, we have a special guest joining us to talk about some of the latest projects that he's been working on. Before we go ahead and introduce our special guest tonight, let's introduce the starting lineup. Uh, Ralph, are you there? Hey, Ricky. How's everybody doing? Hope everybody's having a good week. I'm um, excited to talk a little bit about baseball. I know a couple guys have been taking live BP also in their home ballparks. A slew of anything happening. I mean, baseball is going to be back pretty soon, so I'm excited about that. Today, I'm sipping on one of my favorite Stone Scorpion Bowl IPA. Just can't wait to talk about actual baseball uh, again this week. Great to have you on, Ralphie. Izzy, you there? Yeah, guys, I'm here. Got to be back. It's been a few episodes I haven't been here. Missed you guys. Happy the baseball is back. Like Ralphie, I'm excited to talk about that. It's actual baseball instead of just speculations and whatnot. I'm actually drinking a Elysian Space Dust beer today. Good old reliable. Never a disappointment for you and Ralphie when we hang out at the bars. Thank you for being on tonight, Izzy. Jesus, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Thank you for having me back on. Having a great day. Hope everyone have a great day, too. Excited to talk to our guest. And I am drinking on a Harlan Brewing Hazy IPA that Julie Alexandria actually recommended to us here in San Diego. It is really amazing, and I can't wait to drink the whole four-pack. Harlan Brewing, that is correct. Julie Alexandria was our guest a couple weeks ago. It's been a couple of months now, actually. Wow, how time flies. We'll make sure to let her know as well. Thank you for being on tonight, Jesus. Andrew, you there? Yeah, man, I'm here. Uh, We're still getting closer every day to getting some actual on-field baseball action. I can't wait to just watch MLB Network and see all the guys working out at their facilities. Uh, Myself, I'm drinking a Modern Times Fruitlands tonight. It's a sour gozo, passion fruit and guava tones to it. It's pretty good. Got it in a Modern Times variety pack. Wasn't sure how I'd feel about it, but I actually like it a lot better than I thought. It's great to have you on. I know you and I, we've been having some fun, you know, hanging out here in Vegas the last couple of weeks. It's always nice to hang out in person. Hell yeah, dude. Get back out there and shoot some more crap soon. There you go. And as for me tonight, I'm staying away from beer. I'm actually working on a Jack Daniels Tennessee Rye, leaning more towards the dark liquor tonight instead of the beer. But anyways, let's go ahead and jump right into it. We have a special guest joining us on tonight. We are joined by Alex Bentley, former baseball player and creator of the upcoming series On Deck. Alex, are you on? Sure am, man. Great to have you on, man. Um, I know you've been putting a lot of effort and passion into this upcoming project. You and I had a phone call last week uh, to talk a little bit about it, but you know, we want to make it known to the public you know, to see what you're working on. So it's great to have you on. Appreciate it, man. I'm a little jealous you didn't ask me what I'm sipping on too, but that's all what right. What are you working on? <laughs> no, no, no. You guys got your way of doing things. I see. That's okay. I'll keep it to myself. <laughs> B- a bottled Coke? A skinny glass bottle of Coke. Yeah, I didn't know this was a drinking thing or I would have been a little more prepared. I usually have the 394, the Tony Gwynn beer. That is one of our go-tos for most of us. I figured being a baseball and SoCal guy. But yeah, man, thanks for having me. It's cool to be on, cool to share the show. You know, it's finally in a place where we can talk about it and start giving it to the baseball world. It's been the hardest thing ever for the last six months, biting my tongue and not sharing this stuff when I know there's so many baseball people hungry for baseball content. So It's kind of funny and ironic that it now is going to come out right about when baseball is coming back, unless you're a baseball conspiracy theorist like me who thinks, don't put it out there, don't say it, but who thinks the second wave might interfere with this uh, new opening day deal that we got going on. Uh, All right, I got got two thumbs ups. (laughs) (laughs) All right, cool. I'm not crazy. That makes at least half of us. I'm scared. That's what I think is going to happen. Not living in fear scared, but you know, scared that that's 
I don't think there's going to be baseball in 2020. There, I said it. But in the meantime, you and I talked about this. You have this project you want to put out because people are hungry for content. They want some form of baseball, not just speculation, but they want something fresh. That's where you bring something to the table. Yeah, fresh, authentic, true to the game, true to the sport. That's my problem with a lot of baseball shows and movies. I was actually in pitch and I had so many problems with it as far as the authenticity. And I feel like you instantly lose the gen pop, general population, if you don't take care of the core audience, your inner audience, which in our case, in this case, in any film and show of baseball, is baseball people, baseball fans, baseball lovers. How are you going to make a baseball-oriented film And the baseball people are watching it going, yeah, no, that's not how that goes. And you point out six, seven different things in the movie. That was my biggest problem as a kid getting into those movies. People love baseball movies even with all these mistakes. So the few that have come out authentic, you know, the Disney one with John Hamm and Moneyball, Bill Durham, some of our favorites that are really true to the game and true to the sport, I feel have had the most success and become classics and even things that you hear guys repeating lines from on the ball field during practice They become part of our culture. So that was my goal with this. I literally decided I'm going to create the best baseball show ever. The best baseball show that's ever been made. And the baseball fans are the ones that it's for. They're the ones that are going to love it. At first, I didn't even care if the general population cared for it. I just wanted something for our family, for our few million people that love the game. And that's kind of how it started. And here we are a few months later. So can you tell us the premise of the series? Yeah, I can't tell you everything, but I can dive in. Story revolves around Jaden Hill. He's an aspiring minor league player, and he's relatable to a lot of the youth players for a variety of reasons, but I feel almost every player chasing his dream and chasing the dream of making it to the show is going to connect with uh, Jaden, who's played by Kendall Reese, and Xavier, who's played by Xavier Jimenez, Maxi, played by Don Benjamin. These guys have traits, and, and you know, these guys as actors did such a good job of embodying these characters and, and these ball players. They really dove in. And I harped on authenticity from day one, and they really dove in as actors. So that is going to be appreciated when people watch the show, because none of them really have a baseball background. Xavier does, but he hasn't played since high school. And then Don and Kendall don't at all. They're both natural athletes. They both played ball. But anyway, we've got a minor league player aspiring to make his dream. And I can't tell you what happens at the end of the first episode, because it'll spoil it for a lot of people. And it's a big part of the plot. So I've been sharing it with people that I'm pitching the show to, but I can't necessarily give it away to the viewers just yet. But uh, he's faced with as big a challenge as any ball player can possibly be faced with. It's something that I went through and almost every other ball player goes through at some point. Where the story gets interesting is that the analytic coach on this team, uh, DJ, played by Alex Galen, he creates a performance-enhancing product. And that's where a lot of the controversy we're anticipating around the show is kind of going to happen, is this product then raises the question with what happened with the Astros the legitimacy of keeping Bonds and Pete Rose out of the game, and so many other ethical topics that this game is kind of on the fence about at this point. I mean, you know, part of what inspired the show is how are you going to let these guys do the most disrespectful thing in sports history while the two greatest hitters of all time did far less and things that were so acceptable compared to this and so acceptable for that time. So that's kind of what started the argument. But I feel like we're so divided as a country right now that (laughs) we're going to divide a lot of the baseball fans with this show because opinions are really strong both ways. And I feel like a lot of the younger crowd, which is who this show is geared for, it is a wholesome, child-friendly, youth-friendly show, but I feel like a lot of the youth and younger crowd have grown up with, no, they're cheaters, but they don't really know the story and how it was at the time and the true nature of what really happened. So we kind of touch on that in the show. We touch on what happened with the Astros in the show. And we just show what it's like to be a a minor league player going through the grind. I mean, minor league life is not something (laughs) that most people finish doing. And they're like, oh, I love that. 
you know, if you love the game, you love being out there every day, no matter what, no matter where in the world you're doing it, no matter what. At a certain point, it's okay, I'm ready to be in the big leagues or go put a suit on somewhere and do something else and, or train kids to play ball, whatever they do when they're done. Obviously, yeah. you're so passionate about baseball and you played the game. Uh, you know, that, I've always said that about why I love this so much because I, just, I, I never, you know, I only played softball as a kid, but my, you know, it, I always wanted to play, but my dad made me play soccer, <laughs> you know, we're Latino and it is what it is. Mm -hmm. I really wish he would have put a bat in my hand when I was a kid. I will ask this, was there a moment like be between the middle of your career and you making this, was there a particular moment where you were like, you know what? I, I want to do this. I, I want to like put something together and what really inspired you to like, you know what? Hey, I'm going to make a show. You know, I think as a kid, if you'd have asked me my dream job, it would have been play pro baseball or direct baseball movies. And now it's kind of ironic how one's transitioned into the other. But I kind of let go of that for a while. And I always knew there was going to be, I mean, I've got a lot of baseball concept. I want to do this animated show with David Wells called Boomer. And it's basically Bad News Bears, but David Wells voicing himself. <laughs> and uh, like an Ocean Beach version, you know what I mean? I want to do a Blue Mountain State version of baseball, call it Juco. I've always had a lot of ideas. I wanted to do a high school baseball drama series that I thought the CW would jump all over, which is ironic because that's now one of the networks we're talking to uh, about the show. But I don't think there was really just one moment, man. There was a lot of moments over time. And this is kind of just years in the making that's developed into a story. And then when the winter meetings came to San Diego last year, it was, all right, this is an opportunity to go shoot this. This isn't a pipe dream anymore. Let's go make this happen. So I got my cinematographer, Money shot Chris Jackson came with the red. It was just me, him. We flew the actor out from Utah and we just went to get some B-roll at the winter meetings. And we ended up shooting scenes with Harold Reynolds, Scott Boris, Jenny Finch, Adam Jones. Like we just kept telling them about the show and they were all like, that's sick, I'm in. And at that point it was like, all right, now, now this is literally real. I'm watching footage. There's a script. Ever since then, it's just been nonstop every day. I've quit everything I've been doing other than this. I think it's really cool how you got feedback from like actual ball players and that even inspired you more like, hey, this, this, this could work. You know, exactly. just kind of just being passionate and you were just talking, you know, just the talk really. But I think from what you just said, just the response of like actual ball players really like, you know, maybe sparked it even more like, you know what, I'm going to do this. So that's, that's really cool, man. Thank you. Thank you. And that's kind of what gave me the balls to reach out to Tatis, to be honest with you. And, and he was the star that the show was centered around. That was actually the second scene that I shot. And when I reached out to Tatis and he was down, my, you know, the exploding head emoji? I literally felt like I ate a spoonful of wasabi. I could not believe my eyes. And then a month later, we're on a yacht shooting a scene with him and this dude's actually a good actor. And I'm like, this is- That doesn't surprise me at all. This is really happening. This is really happening. Yeah, really, seriously. You could take Tatis anywhere and introduce him to anything, anywhere in the world in any language, and he'll be as good as the locals at it. I'm just convinced. Well, you know what? One thing I thought was really cool was after you introduced me to your project in general, you know, I got a chance to look up on deck on imdb.com and I saw some of the production photos and I see you and I see Tatis and I'm like, oh my God. I so have that photo printed in my room and I still react that way when I walk by it. <laughs> uh, you know, I think that's super cool too, Alex, about how you're still a fan, dude. Like you're, you're still totally a fan of the game. Like Big Even time. though you played and, you know, you're doing this really cool thing production-wise as far as making a TV show. I've always uh, liked that quote, uh, the Duke Snyder, it's a kid's game played by adults. Mm -hmm. And I've always said that, man. Like, that's one of the things that I love about baseball. I'm a Dodger fan, dude. Like, you know, every time I go to Dodger Stadium, I feel like a little kid. You know, now I can drink, <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's really, like, <laughs> the only difference. But, uh, no, dude, it's like, I really feel like this game brings out the little kid in you. And just the fact that, like, not so much starstruck at, like, Tatis, but you even feel that, that, like, wow, it's Tatis Jr. And the fact that you got to work with him, I think, is great. And I love the fact that you said that 
he's so professional in everything that he does. This kid is really talented. I love watching the kid play, but I think it's so cool how you're bringing out his other traits. Like, no matter what he does, he's good at it. Yeah, you said like four different things I wanted to react to, so I'm going to go in order as far as I remember. But um, yeah, no, you're 100% right. He lives the way he plays, man. He's just so full of life and energy and love, and he loves God. He loves his family. He's just a cool dude to be around. He kind of became a friend. We've even gone back and forth texting a little bit lately, sharing memes and videos, and it's kind of a, a dream come true. My girl always clowns me, man. She's like, really? Still? Fanboying? Okay. <laughs> but yeah, to be honest, yeah. Uh, and it's wild because he's like six years younger than me and now I'm catching myself being fans of guys that are younger than me. It's kind of weird. I've been Padre fan my whole life now being on this side of it, you know. Hopefully sometime in the next five, ten years I'll get to do it with a little mini me and have a son and show him this part of my life. So I'm looking forward to it. As far as bringing it to life, it, it's, yeah, man, it's, I have no words. It's surreal. It's cool seeing it manifest. And, and I just can't wait to share with the baseball. That's that, you know, you mentioned being a fan and that was the cool part. I think I kind of created this from the perspective of a fan and not a producer who's thinking this will sell, you know, it was just, what do I want to watch as a baseball fan? This was it more than anything. And then I just got to writing and writing and writing and writing. And my buddy, Cody Oz, um, his dad actually does the voice of Yoda, Frank Oz. He's my uh, script mentor. Mm. And um, he was a big help. He's just kind of perfected this, not perfected, it's never perfect. You know, it's never, it's never what you want it to really be, but he's gotten the script to a place where I was able to then show it to Sir Darius Blaine, uh, who plays Fridge in Jumanji, the guy who turns into Kevin Hart. He's a dear friend and mentor and an unbelievable actor who I predict one will be in Black Panther 2 and two will win an Oscar sometime in the next decade. He, he agreed to direct it, believe it or not. And at that point it was really real. And then we shot, which is the photos that you saw. And Trevor Wallace, oh, I almost forgot about Trevor Wallace. And uh, have you guys seen some of this guy's Instagram skit videos? He's got almost 2 million followers. I'll send a few to you guys. He did the, uh, you know, when the turtle and the straw arguing with each other on the beach, that, that skit is his, that one went viral, he's, he's hilarious. So we were able to get him and he actually, you know, he doesn't look like a ball player. So we just threw him in a big arm brace and made him the injured guy that's kind of talking smack. That's a cool scene, I'm excited to show. If this were a video show right now, I'd be like, let's roll a clip and then we can edit that in later. <laughs> I love Trevor Wallace. I think he's hilarious. I, I love all his skits. Oh, cool. Okay, you didn't know who That's, he was. You were on yeah. mute, being respectful. I, I couldn't yeah, tell. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. I, I think all his skits are funny as hell. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. So that's cool how you're saying that he's in and you just made him like a ball player. So I, I can't wait till I see him in that role just because I think that dude is so funny. So that's really cool. Thanks. I think we did a cool job also kind of covering each guy on the team, you know, like we've got the clown, we've got the bonus baby, we've got the older guy who shouldn't be at this level in the minor leagues anymore. We've got a couple studs. Oh, we got Dante Bichette Jr., by the way, last minute random cameo. He comes in and just blasts a couple bombs in BP. Nice little humble little pimp job. It was so weird having him there because he's actually like kind of entertaining. You know, we ended up almost giving him some lines and making him an actor. So I'm actually going to make him part of the show moving forward. By the way, he showed up. Talk about weird, ironic, unique, manifest, bringing visualizations to life kind of stuff. He showed up. He didn't even know what the project was called, by the way. He showed up in a sweater that in film font, there's a certain font that you write in when you write film scripts. He showed up with a sweater that said on deck in that font. And then his life story with his father he got a copy of the script from the lead actor. They got into a conversation. His true life story is borderline identical to the script. Me and him were sitting there. What kind of divine intervention caused you to be here today? And there are so many weird things like that about this that kind of made it gel together. Everything happens for a reason, man. You know what no I mean? No question. That, Coincidences that, that don't right, exist. That's awesome. Looks like it brought you to another couple head exploding emojis, huh? Yeah. <laughs> that day? Yeah, for sure. <laughs>
You mentioned David Wells. I was his catching coach at Point Loma High School for about three months, and then I got fired. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to ask about your background with him, about how far back you knew him, and like, if you had any good stories about him, and maybe if he had talked shit about Kurt Schilling before the Twitter rant. <laughs> okay, um, there's one story, and I would absolutely get my ass chewed, probably physically by Boomer if I told it. But I will tell you, he's a really good guy. And that as much as he's a bad boy on the outside, he's, he's a class act and he's a cool dude. And it's screwed up that he doesn't have a pitching coach job at the big league level. Yeah, I always loved Boomer when he came to the Padres. Because like you said, you're a Padre fan too. So I'm sure Die you hard, loved yeah. it when he came. I loved when Greg Maddox came. You know, it yeah. was kind of Piazza, those last minute yeah, I that. BS superstar at the end of his career. Whatever, we'll take it, you know. Then, uh, don't, don't forget Mike Cameron. Mike yeah, Cameron. Hot, I forgot about him. I got, I, got, I got a veteran Padre real quick that's worth talking about. And he's actually now relevant to the show. And I'm talking just to my Padre fan here in the bottom left corner because I know you Dodger fans don't care. Andrew, <laughs> Jerry Harrison Jr. Oh, yeah, yeah. 2010 oh, yeah. MVP, even better than Adrian Gonzalez. <laughs> when we were talking to Tony Gwynn Jr. a couple weeks Tony ago. Tony Gwynn Jr. is also in the show. He plays the radio host, by the way. Oh, that is go. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I love the connections. <laughs> yeah, right. totally Baseball is a small world, ironically, at the end of the day. baseball The baseball world is very, very small. Everyone knows everyone. Don't be yeah. an asshole when you're on the field. Everyone knows everyone. Tony was telling us that that year, if Harrison hadn't gotten hurt, then they would have been a lock to the playoffs because that dude was just going off. You're talking about Jerry? Yeah. Jerry Harrison Jr.'s 2010 season is one of the most – it inspired my entire high school career. Just the way that dude played, the way he prepared, the versatility. He, he would play every position and be the best dude at whatever position he was at that night. He was the best one on the field. The chip on the shoulder doesn't capture it. He played with like Tatis's awareness, Mark Loretta's bat, Jeff Blum's versatility, like Brock Holt type guy. I don't remember if you remember Jeff Blum, but yeah, I can't even say enough things about oh, yeah. Jerry Harrison Jr. He's one of my top five players of all time, along with Barry Bonds and now Tatis Jr. And isn't that crazy how this guy's played half the season in the big leagues and people are talking about him being, what did Eric Burns say? He's got Javi Baez's skills with better instincts. Yeah, yeah. And that can you imagine this that? is the like, best player season? we've seen since Mike Trout. And he said that after half a season. And people are like, he's going to digress. Oh, yeah, Mike Trout said the same thing himself. He said that Tatis is his favorite player to watch. So coming from Mike Trout, Come I mean, on, who man. else better to this, hear that from? This dude is the rookie LeBron James of Major League Baseball right now. And by the way, Dodger fans do care about Jay Hare because now he's our call analyst. <laughs> yeah, okay. So speaking right. of that, Jay Hare is now your call analyst, correct? And he's now also a producer of On Deck. So Jerry and I are now taking it to, I can't say where yet, but we have a big network that we're talking to. We'll see what the creative team says, hopefully. Yeah, I think that's cool how you guys love them as a player. And here I am. I just lo I, I love his honesty. I think he's great on camera. I think like how he talks about the game. He's so passionate. We we were lucky enough to have him. I think it was like a couple seasons or mm -hmm. one season. I actually can't remember, to be honest with you. But, you know, now that he's one of our analysts, I, I absolutely love his opinions. I think he's so like just real when he talks about the players. So, yeah, man, I, we all he's love a, Jay Hayer. He's, over a, he's here a, a good, good. He's a good actor, by the way, too. He's in uh, Shooter, the show with Mark Wahlberg. Did you know that? Oh. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, oh wow. Oh, no, I didn't know that. IMDb that. <laughs> <laughs> With your playing career, what was it like playing uh, in Mexico and Germany and for Team Israel? Usually you save the best for last. I'm going to go and order the best first. Um, playing for Team Israel is probably the coolest thing I've done with my life. My mom's from Israel, my dad's from Pittsburgh. So when I was 12, my mom got Orthodox religious and she moved back to the Holy Land, but she took me with her. So the only bright light of that 
four-year, five-year period was playing for Team Israel. So we got to go to Italy, Brooklyn, Pittsburgh. We got to play against teams from other countries, connect with kids from all over the world, MySpace, Facebook. You guys remember MySpace. Where, but there's something about wearing your country's letters across your chest. I, I was never USA team material, but Team Israel, I was hitting fourth. So <laughs> playing short, catching and pitching. That was the experience of a lifetime. And now I'm in touch with almost all of those dudes on that team. Send some love to Alon Leishman. He's a coach in the Mariner system now. He's one of the first Israelis to really do anything in professional baseball. Good dude. He got my ass back in shape when I made my comeback after my surgery for college ball. But yeah, watching them now qualify for the Olympics, watching them kick Germany's butt was cool. I think Israel, led by uh, Eric Holtz, now is their manager. Amazing person, amazing player. I actually met him in Israel when I was 15 in 2007 he was playing in the IBL the Israel Baseball League it lasted one year and there's a really cool documentary about it you guys should check it out all you baseball fans should check that out check out the IBL that's one of the coolest pro leagues ever and it was like a legit pro league in the holy land man they were like driving through danger zones and playing on makeshift fields but it was all legit players were from all over the world Dominican insane yeah Israel was the experience of a lifetime Mexico is also the experience of a lifetime, though. I think all you guys know the name of the podcast. Say it for me. Los Chingones. Right? So I played in TJ, Tecate, Ensenada, Aguascalientes. Oh, oh. me gusta wow. México. Me vivo en México tres años. That's right. It's the experience of a lifetime, dude. The food down there. Look, I encourage any player who wraps up his college career and doesn't get drafted, don't stop playing. You have your whole life to go get a job, go be in debt, go do whatever the hell you want to do. Get your ass on baseballjobsoverseas.com. Give them the $140 or whatever it is to sign up, make your profile, and you will get a contract. I don't know if it's Austria, Sweden, Australia. I don't even know. Who, that was who a knows thing, where man. they're going to send you? Crazy. Oh, it's a thing, and they are the number one organization in the world for finding pro contracts for players all over the world they took care of me and several friends of mine they're good people man I, that, that makes me wish i was mediocre at baseball like, at yeah, best, oh, oh, so like that, that's all somewhere. you need to be <laughs> <laughs> david burns and jimmy jensen talk to them if you guys want to keep I, I, involved you know i love everything you're saying real. alex because you know what one of the point of los chingones is like we're you know we're, we're primarily latino but you know we we encourage like everybody to play the game you know we we love seeing the world baseball you know that's that's what we love the whole time you were talking about how passionate you were about playing for Team Israel and I didn't even know they had a league so here I am as a fan just like my brain is like a sponge for baseball knowledge so like the more that I learn the more that I I, I want to see it man I want to see more the game was born in America like we get that you know you know me as a fan you know I love the WBC I absolutely love the World Baseball Classic I've actually been lucky enough to go to one why is the WBC mode not part of the show right but well, I play the show and Andrew plays the show so you know that's that's a very Ta good point. Now it actually Tatis Jr. has 630 career home runs, and I'm in 2033 <laughs> in my franchise. Oh my I believe it, though, man. As long as I can stay healthy, I mean, who knows? Oh, what I have, I have injuries turned off. Crazy so, yeah. <laughs> I actually talked about that in the last podcast. One of our last podcasts. This kid's so talented. I mean, he's just. I can't even put in a word when I, I, I absolutely love watching the kid on the field, but we kind of touched on like he plays so passionate and like, what would you say to a, a kid maybe like Tatis that not tone it down, you know, cause we want to see 100% of himself, but like maybe a, a kid with some Tatis's tools or like, would you tell him to kind of tone it down or what would be some advice would you give to a kid that just puts it all out every time? Well, it depends. Is this kid in the big leagues or is this kid trying to get to the big leagues? 
let's just say getting to the yeah he's trying to get there he's, like, he's know, not there yeah. yet don't turn yeah. it down bro run into yeah. the wall do what you got to do you're trying to get to the big leagues go ball out all out every single night and play like it's the last time you're ever going to play or don't even step on the field Speaking of ask for the day off, you want to know what Tatis told me? We got into like, um, when we got done shooting, he, he was so cool, man. He wasn't Hollywood. He hung out with us. We went to Sunset Cliffs in the limo. We were just talking baseball, got some sushi. And he was saying his prep is so ridiculous that he watches the dude's warmups on the other side of the field and knows which players are going to hustle their ass off down the line and which players are sluggish and he has time. He was talking about, well, granted, I mean, he has his skill set, so he knows what he's doing, right? But he's talking about just finding moments that he can allow himself to take over the game. <laughs> just hearing, and, hearing that, I'm like, this guy's a Hall of Famer. This is, know, this is a I, Hall of Famer right here. He's only 20. Kid's such a superstar that, you know, me and Izzy, we, we, we go to a lot of Dodger games, and um, sometimes we like showing up hours before the game even starts. And I've done that a lot, you know, with some of my favorite players, because obviously I'm a Dodger fan, but I remember when uh, Chris Paddock was going to throw at Dodger Stadium, I showed up like two hours before the game just like to watch the guy like warm up. I was lucky enough to be right in front of him. But the other one was Tatis Jr. I just remember him like sprinting and just 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 warm and he yeah and he was just warming up for like the whole time I was there and you know so many people were taking pictures of him and a lot of Padre fans go to Dodger Stadium and you know get autographs but I thought it was really cool to only speak for myself there were so many Dodger fans just lined up just to get his autograph and he was cool enough to like sign Paddock didn't sign shit for Dodger fans <laughs> <I'll tell you laughs> no, not 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 the day he's starting Chris is yeah tunnel vision yeah, I, I noticed. I was, I was there at his debut, bro. I've never seen somebody more locked in. I was like, does this dude even blink? I've been lucky enough to experience that firsthand. Like he, you know, I have so many cool pictures of him warming up. And dude, I was a fan. I was just there like, man, this guy's got something. And I was just so excited to watch him throw. I was on the other side, you know what I mean? But that's how much I love the game. But going back to Tatis, yeah, he was just warming up the whole time I was there. He was just always on the field. And I loved how, like, as soon as he was done with one thing, he'd just throw the ball and then go back to running and then go back. You know, he kind of reminded me of Ichiro. You know, like Ichiro just, just constantly, like, stretching and moving and, like, just doing constant baseball things before the game even starts. So, yeah, man, I'm a huge Tatis fan, dude. I'm, I'm kind of jealous of the fact that you've actually got to spend time with the guy. But the more you talk about him, the more that I, like, even more fanboy out on the guy because I just respect him so much as a ball player. I'm going to say something that a lot of people disagree with and a few, few of the real ones know what's up. I think he's going to become very shortly the greatest player of all time. It's just up to the Padres to just lock him up. Oh, yeah. Right I, I now. almost said it in the first uh, sentence of this meeting from my buddy Alex G. Preller, give Tatis a 15 year deal. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> half a billion dollars and call it a day, please. I don't know if I'd be able to live with it if I could see that guy in pinstripes, man. That would absolutely crush okay, me. Okay, so when you say no pinstripes, you're saying White Sox or Yankees? I mean, we stole him from him once, but the Yankees. On the show, Tatis told me that other people have told him this too, but that the game's programmed for Tatis to go back to the White Sox in franchise mode. And it happened to me. I offered him like a hundred million more than they did, and he still went back. <laughs> oh my God, that would be so Lich! <laughs> I, I totally feel the same way about Tatis. Like, they should just lock him up now. I think a lot of people, I, I got to bring up Bryce Harper. You know, I'm sure a lot of Nats fans wanted that guy to be a national forever. I think some guys are worth it. You got to just go all in on him. For me, mine is Cody Bellinger. You know, I hope he's a Dodger till he's not playing baseball anymore. I absolutely love watching this kid play. But Tatis is totally one of the guys. 
And I don't even know if that's ever happened, like them to lock up a guy so young and maybe like the first two or three years of his career to like a 10-year deal. That's another reason why I respect Mike Trout. I don't really think it was the best decision, but I respect him because, you know, now he's going to be with the organization he started with most likely for the rest of his career. And I, I yeah. absolutely hope. The Padres I absolutely need, to hope. Make, just need to make him the new Bobby Bonilla, just lock him down forever. Yeah, Except we'll absolutely. actually get our money's worth out of him. All right. <laughs> that would be the thing. It'd be trying to convince Tatis. Cause I'm sure he's not like a dude who's super full of himself. You know, if the Padres give him a worthy offer, I feel like he'll entertain it. And he's not going to take like a hometown discount because like with his talent, I don't know if I would either. But maybe you know, maybe, yeah, maybe maybe a little. Like, I mean, we we didn't screw him over with that service time thing last year, and I think yeah, that'll definitely. come back to help. But then again, you don't do it so that it doesn't come back to hurt you and help later in the negotiation. You do it because it's the right thing to do, and he belongs on the team, and you want to win, and you want those twenty game scooter. Now it didn't mean crap because they ended up having the worst second half in like a decade, which is pretty sorry given that it's been a pretty bad decade. But I think they're so close, and I think this weird roster situation is going to let Gore. Patino and a few other guys kind of get some looks and some playing time. And I think you Doyers fans better watch out. You know what I think? I'm glad you said that, dude. Uh, we, if you hear like the prior podcast, I've been super passionate and vocal about <laughs> I think I think it's a two-horse race in the NLS, man. I think it's the Dodgers and the Padres. Now, I, I wouldn't... D-backs look good. They, they do. And I've even said that, too. They look, they look really good, especially with some of the acquisitions that they've made. But what the Padres have built, it's built to I, last. I, yeah, I, I've been kind of criticized by some of my friends when saying this, but, like, I was excited to watch this Padres lineup this year, man. I was really excited because I really feel like they have finally gotten to where they want to be. Pitching-wise, you know, maybe not so much on the back end, but in the front end, I, I've talked about how I want Paddock to be the guy and just give him that confidence, like how I was, like with Walker Bueller, you know, just, just make him the starter, make him the guy, because mm-hmm. I think they shine better that way. But um, I've said this, dude. I really think when I look at the Padres roster now, it's time. I wouldn't be surprised in a full season if they had won the NOS. I, I wouldn't have been like, whoa, what, hmm. you know, what's this about? Absolutely Where'd the, not. Where did this come from? Heard about it long enough now. You didn't uh, predict yeah. program. Now you know what's <laughs> yeah. coming. Yeah, for me, I'm just such a fan of the game, dude. Like, you know, I've, I've picked the Reds to win the World Series this year, and that was before the 60-game season that they said, just because I think that team is so built. Uh, offensively and pitching and bullpen. But I've seen that in the Padres. And I, I even said that about the Blue Jays lineup. I really wanted to see all those kids back to back to back. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Bichette, Biggio, you know, all finally play a full season together. I was really excited to see that. But going back to the Padres, no, man, I really felt like, I don't want to say this was their year, but I mean, I, I wouldn't have been surprised. Absolutely not. If they had like won the NLS, gotten deep into the playoffs or even more than that, that would not have shocked me at all. Next year. Full season or 60-game season, I think next year was it. So something really important to keep in mind, since now that we know you know the season is going to happen, a handful of players are starting to opt out. We saw Ian Desmond opt out with the Rockies. A couple of guys from the Nationals. With these players opting out, which teams are going to be most affected by this? Well, I'll give you a list real quick, guys. So it was Ian Desmond on the Rockies. The Nationals had Joe Ross and Ryan Zimmerman. Mike Leake from the Diamondbacks. And then today, just a couple hours ago, I don't know if you guys saw that, four players on the Phillies were placed on the COVID-19 injured list. Those players are Scott Kingery, Hector Neris, Tommy Hunter, and Ranger Suarez. There was no formal announcement. I want to cite MLBTradeRumors.com did confirm that it was due to testing positive. You know, I kind of wanted to ask Alex his opinion on this. He said that he doesn't think there's going to be a 2020 baseball season. 
I've said on previous podcasts, I was hopeful of it. I was already okay with no season this year. I was okay with it, man, because how I kind of feel, you know, you go to a restaurant, you order a T-bone steak, and they give you a burger patty. They're like, whoa, I didn't order this. And they're like, well, that's all we got. I wouldn't be happy. I wouldn't eat it. I would just walk out. This season, to me, kind of feels that way. Like, this is what it is, and you better like it. And I've always, <laughs> I'm trying to find the good parts of it, you know, that, you know, I think both the, both leagues having a DH is cool because it'd just be like a lot more offense. Josh um, Naylor. Yeah. <laughs> you know? but oh, that friend think, trade hurts a little bit now. If that were to happen, like, let's just say two weeks down the line, they go, you know what, we're not going to do it. I'd be okay with it. And I'd be okay with just like, you know, let's stop, let's figure things out. And I would just be ready for opening day 2021. Do you feel yes. the same way? I mean, I feel the same way in the sense that I don't want the year the Padres finally win a World Series to be a 60-game season because I don't be like, oh, yeah, you guys got the you – know, I don't want to hear all that crap. I want to yeah, see them win a full season. Too. You know, I don't want your shitty 2020 rings. Did you guys see what Rich Hill said? No, I didn't. And I know the Dodgers fans – We'll take it. They'll take it. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like every real fan base will be like, no, we'll still take it. But that's uh, all. Dodger, Dodger fan yeah. will take it, dude. We got robbed in fucking 2017. So yeah, Alex, we were talking yeah, about the same <laughs> thing, though, because I was yeah. in the same boat as you, man, because I was like, I don't want to hear it from the Dodger fans or whoever else if the Padres win it this it's year. It's only going to be the but, Dodger fans. That's it. The Giants fans will be happy for us. The D-backs don't care. The Rockies are busy with Nolan and their crap. Yeah. It's only going to be the like, <laughs> But then we also come Very back well to the said. point where it's like, if the Yankees won it, they would be the first ones that would be parading around in their 28th ring. But if anybody else wins, they'd be the first ones also to be talking half. shit. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Twins pitcher Rich Hill says a shortened season's title is no less legitimate than the 2017 Astros. Yeah, take, take their rings away, man. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just I just have to be blunt. There's no way they do the most disrespectful thing in sports history and get off. I agree. They got off with a wrist slap. Like what, what wrist slap? I've gotten harder wrist slaps than that from my mom. Come on. That's not a wrist dude, slap, bro. Dude, I, I remember fast apologies and their stupid social media beef. These dudes need to come out and just sit out a damn season. At this point, you might as well make it this season. Don't think that because COVID happened, we forgot. We still all mm -hmm. hate you. Just yep. make no mistake. Absolutely. You guys are still going to break some kind of hit-by-pitch record. Enjoy yeah. your on-base percentages, assholes. I thought the dumbest part of their punishment was the $5 million fine. Like, that organization wipes their ass with $5 million. What do they care? No, like, they're fine. What is, what, what is that ridiculous. deterring them from doing yes. at all? Thank you. Their fine should have been no fans for this year. No fans for next year. No draft picks, first, second, third rounds this year and next year, and give back the ring. Alex, for 2020 commish, bro. Yeah, the people who are going to wear it are Astros fans. I know we can't go to bars and stuff like that because of COVID, but just think about this, guys. Imagine not in Houston, right? Like LA, New York, it doesn't matter. A any city. You're at a bar, dude walks in with an Astros hat and like a Bregman jersey right Bad like like it's just everybody's just gonna be like check this out this fucking guy asshole. right like, yeah and don't get in any fights over it right fellas. no ab obviously absolutely. everybody absolutely. listening it's never worth it but yeah at the, at the same time <laughs> i don't feel bad for them but like i said like i i feel like the fans are gonna wear it more than the players are the no i've heard some interior in uh some internal chat the players are still gonna wear it trust me great <laughs> oh, that makes me feel a little better <laughs> I'm going to plug my friend Megan Ellis's baseball company, man. It's called Home Sweet Ballpark. 
and they do uh, like female baseball attire. We follow that page on our. Oh, they're pages. oh, oh dear. yeah, awesome. yeah, we do. Great. They're awesome. Good. Follow them Peace. on uh, Stadium Beer Bros on Los Chingones and MLB oh. Trash Lockers. They're great. Very cool. All right, very good people and very high female baseball IQ. Megan Ellis. Awesome. Do you think with your connection with Team Israel, Ian Kinsler also has those San Diego and Israel ties? Are you going to maybe potentially reach out to him and get some work done with him? You know, Ian Kinsler, man, that's a funny name over the last year and a half, especially being a Padre. Yeah, hasn't, hasn't been the being best a, Padre name. Especially being a Padre fan. Um, but if I'm keeping it real, I got nothing against him. I consider him a family member now. He's part of Team Israel. And he's got some Jewish roots. You know, I don't know if he's got a Christmas tree or Hanukkah candles in December, but if he feels connected enough to Israel to play on the team, I'm with it. I almost threw my Israel baseball sweater back here, but I didn't know if you guys would end up not liking me for all the shit we've been talking. And I was like, ah, throw it let's, on, bro, let's, throw let's keep it <laughs> out of here. Oh, no, man. I won't throw it you on. guys you are backing it up. Yeah, we're MLB trash talkers, dude. Oh, MLB <laughs> trash talkers. That's right. I forgot who yeah. I'm talking to, apparently. How hypocritical of us would that be, right? <laughs> but yeah, hey, we got a little off topic, but I remember the initial question, and it was this season, do I think yeah. it's going to happen? Just from, you know, not to dive into politics at all, you know, I'm not ever going to be that guy who would use my platform to tell people to wear a mask, even if I think they should. We do. <laughs> oh, good, good for you guys. Yeah. No, that's yeah. good. And, and I respect that you're doing it because you think it's the right thing to believe in. But I feel yeah. like baseball never stood a chance this year and that the second wave narrative was coming from the beginning. If you look at the Spanish flu, the first wave never did anything. It was the second and third wave that caused the issues. So I've been saying since February, there's a second wave. Let's, you know, whether you open back up or not, second wave is coming. All this stuff is going to last through election time at the least. It's an interesting time to be alive. It's a lovely time to be a sports fan. Um, it hasn't been the best time to be a baseball fan, but we got yeah. you. We got Amen, you. Amen, brother. No, on, I, I, on deck is coming. MLB season is hopefully coming. Dude, I, you know how much I hope I'm wrong? You know how much I hope I'm wrong? I would love nothing more than an actual season that goes into a nice, legitimate playoffs. Me too, dude. Intuitively, it just, I don't feel like it's going to happen. You already see it. Certain things are closing back up. We actually have a trash talker here that feels the exact same way you do, and his name's Israel, so. Hey. <laughs> All right, Izzy. What, what are up? the odds of that? I, <laughs> I saw him nodding his head earlier. I think it was when I said something about predictive programming. I was like, oh, there's my guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's Izzy. <laughs> So I just have one more question, Alex. When can yes, we sir. expect to see the pilot episode? So regarding the pilot of On Deck, the plan is to release it a day or two before opening day. Having that said, now that we're talking to some streaming services and a couple of networks, that might change things up. I'm still going about it as if no one's going to be interested in the show and we're putting it out on Facebook with Baseball Is Impossibly doing a live stream and on Instagram TV, IGTV, at On Deck Series or at Alex Bentley. You'll catch him either way and we'll see what happens, man. It's exciting. I don't know. You know, I might get a call from Netflix tomorrow or we might not get any calls and we'll put it out on IGTV and just give it to the world right away. Here, enjoy, consume. We missed baseball too. This is for you. Well, whatever happens, man, we're all looking forward to watching that, and even especially more if the MLB season does not get underway like you think it may not. You know, you guys would definitely fill a void, and we're all looking forward to it. It would be good for the show's exposure, and I'm still hoping it doesn't happen. I, I want baseball. <laughs> I, I, I'll say this, man. Like, I'm sold. Like, everybody you talked about, the actors on the show, like, I cannot wait to see it. So I hope for everybody hearing this, you were just as excited as I was. I'm going to say it. That sounds like the fucking shit to me, like, as a, as a baseball fan. So I really hope it's out there, and I hope a lot of people watch it. And I know I will be, dude. So just to let you know, like, how passionate you were about it, you sold me on it, dude. So I hope everybody that's listening feels the exact same way.
Hey, appreciate it. If it was that passionate, I might ask for the video recording of this so I can use it in my pitches. <laughs> no, but thank you. I appreciate that. And I'm, I can't wait to see it too. And yeah, man, thank you. And it's gotten some comparisons to ballers at times. You know, we kind of want it to be its own thing and it's a little more wholesome and for the kids, but a, a baseball version of ballers is kind of how it's been referred to at times. And now that I go back and watch ballers, which is such a kick-ass show, it does kind of remind me of it in a sense that, you know, because we have the pro agents and the players all making the cameos and I'm excited to watch it as well. Can't wait. It's been a nightmare editing. So <laughs> I can't wait to uh, see a finished product and see a vision go from idea to written down paper to phone calls and emails to six months of nonstop. And now it's, it's, it's pretty close. I don't know. We'll see. I'll let you guys know when it's available and where, you know, it'll either be the social media outlet for the pilot or a, a network or streaming service, HBO, Netflix, Hulu, NBC, who knows? We'll see what happens. Please do. I personally can't wait. Appreciate you guys. Thanks. I had fun. To all of you listening, thanks for listening. Check out On Deck soon. It's on Instagram at On Deck Series or the website www.ondeckseries.com. The best baseball TV show ever made. Can't wait for you to see it. Thank you so much, Alex. Once again, Alex Bentley, creator of On Deck. New series coming soon. When it comes out, you'll definitely be seeing it on the MLB Trash Lockers page. So keep a lookout. That being said, you guys, I want to go ahead and lead out into our final thoughts for tonight. I know that there was not very much in a change regarding the MLB season since we saw the season officially announced last week. But I just want to hear your guys' final thoughts as we await the schedule now. All right. Well, this is Ralphie, you know, signing off. I'm excited until they say it's done and not happening. I'm still anticipating it and I'm still in the mindset that it's going to happen. To be honest, I, I'm really glad I met Alex today because I just love talking to people who love the game as much as I do. Like I said, I never had the opportunity to play at a professional level. I will say this to you, Alex, really quick and just my final thoughts. Like to me, all baseball players, regardless if you're a minor leaguer or in the big leagues, to me, like I, I treat you guys like rock stars. You know what I mean? Like it takes a lot of talent, a lot of time, a lot of grind and I know making it to the big leagues is like everybody's dream, but you know, man, I, I just love anybody who just wants to play the game and is just really passionate about it. So cheers to you. Cheers to your passion. Cheers to what you've done in the game, what you've been able to accomplish. And as a fanboy, I am so jealous of all the people that you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so cheers to you, brother. And it was really good meeting you, man. Appreciate it. Likewise, man. Can't wait oh, yeah. to have the show. Thanks for all the kind words. It's been a fun ride. It's a fun game. It's taken me places I would have never gone without it. Anytime baseball sucks and it feels like a grind, just keep going. The shitty times don't last, but the fun ones do. I just want to say it's a pleasure to meet you and happy to hear your stories here. I'm super excited to watch this series and hopefully everybody is excited as well. Just like Rafi, I'll just back up what he's doing. My real final thought is hashtag fire Manfred. Really? Is that how you feel? <laughs> there, we got a kick-ass uh, guy playing the commissioner. His name's John Wilcox. There's not a better actor on tell. Even Shooter McGavin in Ballers is not as good a commissioner as this John Wilcox's guy is going to be. You guys are going to love him. Gray hair, suit. Oh, perfect. And you, I think you guys will like the commissioner in the show, too. Maybe we weren't so realistic with that part. Yeah, I was uh, going through the IMDb page for On Deck, and I was going through his, and I saw that he's going to be in the new Top Gun movie, too, so that's pretty rad. Who's that, John Wilcox? Yeah. That's um, news to me, and I need to show up at his house with some champagne to congratulate him. (laughs) (laughs) Just to give you an idea, that's how humble he is. We got a lot of wannabe actors in the business, and they're posting all kinds of BS, and that dude's in some legit projects, and you don't barely know about it. He might need a publicist. We'll we'll, we'll talk to John. (laughs) It might be time. Guys, I'll go ahead and sign off next here. Since we've been recording, Rob Manfred has come out and said that they will be lucky to play 60 games this season because of the recent spike. Uh, I mean, it's not something that we all didn't expect, given the numbers we've all seen over the last week. 
But, you know, like I was talking about in the last podcast, I know they had to come out and announce it all in the last week because they finally actually had an agreement. But Rob Manfred just doesn't need to say this, man. It's like, we all know this already. Rob Manfred doesn't need to fan the flames. We get it. We all see the numbers. We all know that there's a possibility that this isn't going to even start up on July 23rd, July 24th, let alone go the entire course of the season. I'm just tired of hearing this news. I just want to see the guys on the field at their facilities on MLB Network and sit in front of my TV all day long. Can't wait for that. In a couple of days, we'll be at that point, and we'll see you guys next week. Well, another week closer to baseball. Thank you, Alex, again. Can't wait to see the show. And, yeah, there it is. All right, you guys, this is Ricardo signing off. I'll go ahead and leave you with this. As we all know, baseball is officially back. And um, I just want to go ahead and take one last opportunity to go ahead and thank our special guest, Alex Bentley, for joining us this evening. I wish you all safety, happiness, health, and we'll see you all next week. You guys take care of yourselves. Thank you all, and have a great night. Night, guys.